it's that special time of the week. But y'all, it's that special time of year. Hello and welcome to the Y'all Kickoff Show. It is our first episode of the fall. Fall, y'all, and we're here to talk about football. And I'm John Rawl. I wasn't even planned. Here on this week, we're going to get you all set for week number four of the college football season as we close out the month of September with some darn good gridiron action. And speaking of gridiron and that special word, a reminder that later in this Y'all Kickoff Show, we're going to have General Gridiron drop by. General Gridiron puts a humorous spin on the weekend's matchups and the Generals got something to say about these big college football games going down this weekend. So get ready for that. That's coming up a little bit later. Also, in this Y'all Kickoff Show today, we have a couple of great coaches, and we're going to let you hear from those coaches. Mike Leach and his Mississippi State Bullets. I I, I think they was robbed, y'all. Did y'all see that game that they had at Memphis last week? Man. Mm, unfortunate there. But the Bulldogs can't sit around and cry about what happened there on Beale Street. They got to get back to Davis Wade and get ready for the LSU Tigers. It's LSU in MSU. It's the Dogs SEC opener, and the Cowbells will be a clanging. Mike Leach, you know, we haven't heard a whole lot from him in the last bit, and we're going to hear from the a crusty old coach talk about having LSU come in after such a tough loss that this SEC program had last week against an AAC school. Mike Leach is coming up. We also have Dave Doran. He is the head man of the NC State Wolfpack, and the pack have a great chance to start off things in the ACC in a big way, in a big positive way. They've got the Clemson Tigers coming into Carter-Finley Stadium, and we'll discuss what Dave Doran's got in plan, what he's got all planned out to beat Dabo, and I think this is a winnable game for the K-9s out of Raleigh. We'll have him on later in the show. Also, Josh Heupel, he's got to get his Tennessee Vols ready to go to the Swamp. As the Florida Gators coming off a tough loss to Alabama last week, welcome in the Tennessee Vols. Of course, Tennessee, at least so far this season, hasn't been all that impressive. And will they find the magic pill to go down to the swamp and get a rare victory. We will have audio from the Vols head coach later on this hour. And of course, throughout the Y'all Kickoff Show, we're going to be walking you through all of Saturday's big games and setting the kind of stage that y'all need to know about what is going on on the gridiron. Our number here at the Y'all Kickoff Show is 803-816-1170. That's a number you can text anytime and let us know what's on your football minds out there. And don't forget, the Y'all Kickoff Show, it's powered by y'all.com. Y-A-L-L, y'all.com is the South's homepage. And on that homepage, we have great content. We've got brand new content going up today, in fact, that you'll need to go on and and read and learn so much about what's going on across the Southeast. Actually, just to give you a little preview of what's going up on the Y'all Show and Y'all, the website here in the days and hours ahead, 
we've got a great article about how millennials in the South are coping with financial struggles. That's one of the stories. And then we've got a travel writer who has ventured over to Bryson City, North Carolina. She's got great photos, and we're going to let you know all about this great southern destination of Bryson City. So that's all coming up on y'all.com. You've got to go check it out. And, of course, we have plenty of college football talk and discussion on the South's homepage. And on that homepage, you'll find the Y'all Show. That's our daily three-hour venture across the South. A talk show about the South. That's what Y'all Show is. And you can find that link right there at y'all.com. You also can find the Y'all Show and this, the Y'all Kickoff Show, on great podcast options. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We, my friends, are on the iHeart app and TuneIn Radio app. And we're right there at y'all.com too. So, so many great ways for you to keep up with what's going on across the Southeast. That's what we have here at Y'all. We appreciate you for tuning us in. All right, real quick, some news items before we get into the matchups for Saturday. Brian Robinson, he is Alabama's top rusher. He's dealing with a rib injury ahead of the game that the Crimson Tide have against the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. According to Nick Saban earlier in the week, he's not sure what his condition and what his situation will be heading in to the game against the Golden Eagles. As Nick Saban said, it was day to day. He was banged up during the win at Florida. He briefly went to the sideline before returning in the game. But again, questionable right now for Crimson Tide running back Brian Robinson. Another injury story coming out of the SEC. LSU is watching the availability of multiple players on that team heading into their SEC opener at Mississippi State. Ed Orgeron earlier in the week was not sure about left tackle Cam Wire, whether he would be able to play. Wire started in the game at UCLA but ended up leaving after suffering an apparent knee injury, and he missed games against McNeese and Central Michigan. So he's questionable as LSU and Mississippi State get together. Also, LSU starting safety Jay Ward is expected to return after missing a couple of games, and so watch for him, Jay Ward, in this game at Davis-Wade Stadium. A player missed practice earlier in the week, running back Terrion Price. He is expected to play Saturday as he recovers from a minor injury He ranks second on the team with 85 rushing yards. But that's the story from an injury standpoint across across the Southern college football landscape. And then one other story. Did y'all see this? Lane Kiffin talked about Alabama and their ability to cherry pick transfers as he's not overly happy about how Alabama has been this great team, this great dynasty of college football team. And with all these graduate transfers and the COVID transfers and All of these players essentially not necessarily tied down with a blood contract with whatever school they currently are enjoying a chance to play college football with. Lane Kiffin is throwing some shade, if you will, at Alabama. Of course, he served as the offensive coordinator for Nick Saban from 2014 to 2016. And he admitted, at least on Wednesday, Lane Kiffin, that Alabama is owning the transfer portal amassing a whole lot more talent than already they already have through high school recruiting, and he's not very happy about it. As Kiffin said, now they go to cherry-pick players for any holes they may have, like an Ohio State receiver, that's Jamison Williams, or a linebacker from Tennessee like Henry Tuto. So 
Kiffin says it's not like not only do they get the best draft picks, but they get to go into free agency and take players. So it really is going to set up one of the most talented teams ever, which is what we're getting ready to play. And Kiffin's got two weeks to prepare as his team does not play this weekend, but his Land Sharks swim over to T-Town for a game next week. And we'll be all over that one when the time arrives. All right, let's look at the matchups here on the gridiron across the southeast here for this fourth Saturday of the college football season. The fun begins early in Nashville. The Vanderbilt Commodores, who sit at 1-2, and two, Vandy comes back to life and back to Vanderbilt Stadium. The SEC Network's got a noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Nashville time kick between the Doors and the number two Georgia Bulldogs. A number six Penn State team plays an FCS opponent. That's a rare thing for a Big Ten team. And the Big Ten Network's got Penn State hosting Villanova. The Fox Network, the big noon kickoff, it's Wisconsin and Notre Dame. This game is in Chicago. Soldier Field is the venue between these two top 20 programs, the Badgers and Notre Dame. Mississippi State and LSU, we've been talking about that one. ESPN is where you can find this one kicking from Stark, Vegas. High noon Eastern, 11 o'clock, Octibahal County time is where you'll see the Tigers and the Bullies. ESPN 2's got Mizzou and Boston College. They're together in Chestnut Hill for their very first matchup ever. Should be great. That is a noon Boston time kick. You have Virginia Tech. They're out of conference. They play FCS Richmond. There at Lane Stadium, ACC Networks, where you'll find that one. High noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central kick for that. Northwestern's got Ohio coming into Char Cargo. TCU and SMU have their Iron Skillet battle taking place at Amon Carter. Fox Sports 1 is where you'll see that kick at 12 noon. A Big 12 battle on the 40 acres. The Red Raiders of Texas Tech. They walk on over, ride on over on Raider Red, he is ready to move on, I think, to 4-0 and is what Texas Tech would be if they can get the big win in the state capitol. It's the Horns of Texas and the Red Raiders. ABC is where you'll find this one kicking at 12 noon, 11 o'clock Weird Austin time. Also, you've got the Army Black Knights at home against the Red Hawks of Miami of Ohio. That's an early kick, 12 noon on the CBS Sports Network. How about this matchup on CBS, of all things, a little Mountain West fun. CBS at high noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central, they've got the Aggies of Utah State playing Boise State there from the north end of the state of the Beehive State, to be honest. Miami is out of conference. The Hurricanes have Central Connecticut State out of the FCS ranks coming into Miami Gardens. One of the best teams in the country, number 17, Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers have the Minutemen of UMass dusting up their rifles and heading over to O'Ree County for a game that starts at 12 o'clock beach time. You also have college football-wise this weekend a Pac-12 battle that's got Utah and Washington State. This is a game that commences at 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central. That would be, what, 11.30 Utah time, something like that, maybe 12.30 Utah time between Wazoo and Utah Pac-12 networks, where this one would be found. Iowa's out of conference. The Rams of Colorado State make their way to Iowa City. FS1's got this one, and that's a 3.30 Eastern start. What a great game going on in the Metroplex. This is the game that follows that Utah State 
game that's on CBS that starts at early at noon, Utah State, Boise State. That game ends, and then they slide right into a good SEC battle on CBS. And there, the Brad Nestler special this week is the Arkansas Razorbacks in Arlington, where the Texas A&M Aggies await. This is a top 20 battle between these old Southwest Conference foes, and they're playing in the Southwest Classic right there at Jerry World. In the ACC, ESPN's mid-afternoon matchup, the number nine Clemson Tigers at Carter-Finley Stadium in Raleigh. It's the NC State Wolfpack hosting Dabo Sweeney's Tigers. This is the Textile Bowl. Can't wait to see that one mid-afternoon on ESPN. Fox's mid-afternoon game, Iowa State at Baylor. ABC's mid-afternoon game, Rutgers at Michigan. Man, Rutgers on ABC in the afternoon? Huh. Is there not anything more exciting? Okay, guess not. Memphis, which had a big win against the Mississippi State Bulldogs this weekend, they're out of conference. They're taking on an undefeated Roadrunner team from UT San Antonio. The Roadrunners of UTSA and Memphis on ESPNU, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Bill Street time for that one. Louisville and FSU are a mid-afternoon game on ESPN2. Also, you got... Georgia State at Auburn, that's the SEC late afternoon game. You've got Kansas and Duke, not for basketball, but for football. They're from Wallace Wade. ACC Network's got this one at 4 Eastern, 3 Central. You have in the Pac-12, UCLA is at Stanford there on the farm. They've got a game on the Pac-12 Network set for 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central. Charleston Southern, the Bucks are at Another pirate type place. East Carolina's got the Bucks in for a game, 6 Eastern, 5 o'clock. The Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette are in Statesboro to take on the Georgia Southern Eagles. That's a late afternoon. Then your primetime matchups, Tennessee's at number 11, Florida. That's a 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Central kick. Nebraska, which looked pretty good last week against Oklahoma. They have a Big Ten battle at Michigan State in primetime. K-State, Oklahoma State get together. Kansas, uh, rather, Kentucky and the South Carolina Gamecocks from williams Bryce Stadium. This is a 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock kick central time on ESPN2. Navy is at Houston, Southern Miss to the top. They're over in Tuscaloosa to take on the number one Crimson Tide, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on the SEC network. WVU is going to be in Norman ABC primetime cameras for this one, and it starts at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Norman time. Ohio State's out of conference against Akron in primetime action. North Carolina and Georgia Tech play on a a neutral site. They're at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in downtown Atlanta. The ACC Network's got this one between the Hills and the Jackets. Also, UAB and Tulane get together on ESPN+. This is a primetime matchup there. Troy and Louisiana Monroe also, under the lights, the Washington Huskies and Cal get together in Pac-12 action under the lights there on the left coast. South Florida is all the way out in Utah as they're going to be playing at Lavelle Edwards Stadium against the BYU Cougars. BYU currently number 15 in the land. Arizona and Oregon. Oregon ranked number three in the country. This is a late game on ESPN starting at 10.30 Eastern. Oregon State's at USC on FS1 late on Saturday. And Colorado and Arizona State, they play at Sun Devil Stadium in a 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central kick. 
on ESPNU. And that's kind of your breakdown of Saturday's action across college football. We'll tell you a whole lot more as we move on through the show. Don't forget, General Gridiron is going to be on here in a little bit to tell you about some of these big game picks. And you'll want to make sure you hear what he has to say. And before the hour is up, we'll kind of go back into the top 25, remind you of the time and place, and also some of the big FCS battles going on this weekend. We'll get to that before the hour is done. Up next, we're going to hear from a couple of coaches from across the college football landscape, NC State coach Dave Doran, Tennessee coach Josh Heupel, and Mike Leach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. All that ahead as the y'all kickoff continues. Texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. Anytime, right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. Back into the Y'all Kickoff Show, a look at the big college football games across the South and nation as we get ready for week number four of the college football season. Mississippi State's got its SEC opener in the friendly confines of the Cowbell Palace. LSU comes to Starkville. LSU comes to Starkville rather upset, upset at the way MSU treated them in Tiger Stadium in 2020 as Mr. Costello, remember him, passing for over 600 yards, an SEC record in that 2020 matchup, the first game Mike Leach ever coached as a Mississippi State coach. Well, he's got a lot of water under his bridge since that game in September of 2020. And the Bulldogs come into this SEC opener with a loss as they had uh, just a terrible, terrible, crazy loss to Memphis last week. They got to get that behind them. It's all SEC play for MSU on this Saturday with LSU. The guy that studied law and now coaching college football, he's got a way with words and he's got a way of spying on and kind of figuring out the other team. Last year, LSU played man for most of the game. That's why Costello and company tore up LSU's defense. Will LSU go to that same philosophy this year? Mike Leach talked about it in his weekly meeting with the media. I think they'll play uh, quite a bit more zone this year. Uh, they do play man still, though. Um, 
uh, you know, kind of between the man and zone so far this year is kind of 50-50. And then, of course, they've got a new defensive coordinator, and he's been in the league for a while and, um, you know, doesn't really have a specific body of work, you know. You know, I think we've done a lot of good things, um, uh, you know, defensively. We're still a little bit like uh, offense. You know, we've got an explosiveness that we've got to, that we've got to improve on. I mean, last year, you know, we were, we've got a lot of sacks. We've got to get back to that. Um, I think that, you know, we do a pretty good job on first and second down too, which definitely helps on third down. And uh, But I think Zach and that group uh, does a, uh, a really good job of adjusting to what a team tries to do and then never give uh, – they don't give you the same look very many times. So it's definitely tough to play against. All right, Mike Leach talking about the Bulldogs matchup with the Bayou Bengals. He called out LSU's new defensive coordinator. That is Durante Jones, and he has been in the NFL coaching for teams like the Minnesota Vikings, Miami Dolphins, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And now he's got the reins as LSU's defensive coordinator, and probably he's got that job because of what happened in 2020 when LSU got embarrassed at home to Mississippi State's offensive onslaught. Another SEC game worth tuning in when you get a chance on Saturday. It's Tennessee and Florida. Florida looked rather good last week in this top 15 program. Dan Mullins got their old rival from the SEC East coming into the swamp. Josh Heupel and his Vols make their way to Gainesville. This is the first time Coach Heupel will be coaching the Big Orange in this battle. And Tennessee desperately wants to rekindle the hatred between the Vols and the Gators, and they can go a long way in rekindling that hatred if they can pull a shocker in Florida field this Saturday. Let's go now hear from the Vols head coach as he spoke about the importance of the Tennessee-Florida game and other things going on with his Big Orange football program. Fans have been awesome. Three straight games, a couple noon kickoffs. I mentioned it after the press conference. Uh, at the same time as a competitor, uh, it's unique when you get an opportunity to go on the road. Uh, great environment down there. Uh, night game, guys are uh, really excited and looking forward to it. Uh, this is a big game. Uh, during the course of the summer, uh, showed highlights of these types of, of games. Um, a couple of them were, were, uh, were Florida games, uh, highly competitive games. And, and um, I think our kids understand and are excited about this game. It means something to them. Um, you know, the, the challenge for us is you don't have to do something extraordinary. You just got to do the ordinary at a really high level. Your, your process and your preparations got to get you to kick off, um, you know, and uh, it's what we've been stressing to our players. Josh Heupel, you know, he kind of sounds like a coach with some of that coach speak, don't you think? That's going to be a great SEC v. SEC battle on this college football Saturday, Tennessee and Florida. And that's going to be great, but it's not a bowl game. If you want a bowl game on this weekend's college football lineup, you got to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, because Carter-Finley Stadium is the site of the Textile Bowl. This is NC State and Clemson. This is an ACC Atlantic Division pillow fight going on in the state capital of North Carolina and it's going to be a good one and I'm putting the Clemson Tigers on upset alert I think the Wolfpack have a great chance of course General Gridiron he's going to weigh in on this game as well in the upcoming segment of this the y'all kickoff show 
Dave Dorn, he continues to do a great job. And boy, he can take his program to a new level if they can knock off the Tigers and kind of jockey for position to end up being the Atlantic representative in the ACC championship come December. But you got to win first there, Coach Doran. He knows that. Let's go now and hear from the veteran coach of the Wolfpack talking about this big opportunity against a very good Clemson Tiger team. It's a big week for our O-line, uh, you know, our tight ends, our backs, all those guys that have to block this front. Um, but, yeah, you line up with number 11 across from you and, and just watching that guy play, um, he's a stud. You know, 13 Tyler Davis and Xavier Thomas and Miles Murphy, they got a good D-line, man. Those guys are really good. And, you know, it's going to be a battle in there. And so, yeah, our fundamentals are going to come into play. we got to play very fundamentally sound. We're not going to be perfect on every call. Like, they're going to have some things. You know, they're good at showing things one side, bringing it the other. So they're going to get us at times because they're going to call good defenses. We're going to get them at times. And like I said, we just got to manage the disruption. we got to make sure we're not putting ourselves in bad down and distances as much as possible. And our line just they can't try to be perfect. They just need to play fast and be physical. All right, Dave Doran, it's the Wolfpack and the Clemson Tigers from Raleigh, and that's going to be a great ACC battle going down on this fourth Saturday of the college football season. We'll be right back with more of the Y'all Kickoff Show. We're going to scoot over and let General Gridiron take over the mic for a few minutes and get his take on the weekend lineup and see what kind of surprises he's got in store as the Y'all Kickoff Show It's college football talk with a southern accent, and it continues after this timeout. Welcome into the bunker of General Gridiron, Field Marshal of Football Forecasting. We're about to map out the way this college football weekend is going to go. Will your favorite team be marching to victory, or will the enemy be taking your battle flag? Hard to believe, but we're not far from the halfway point of this exciting college football frenzy. And the tide is a-rolling, but who, if anyone, can step up and knock the elephants from their mountain perch? And who can give the dogs and ducks an L this season? So grab your helmet and man those battle stations. We're ready for another round of General Gridiron's football foretelling. Clemson at NC State. Tuffy 3, State's cute little live to mask and wolf lookalike, hosts this mid-afternoon renewal of the Textile Bowl on ESPN. The number 9 Tigers have been slipping down in the polls since they last set foot in North Cagalac, where UGA got Clemson's season off on the wrong paw with an opening loss in Charlotte. Dabo's South Carolina Ag School farmhands enter North Carolina's capital city with a bright orange tractor that's barely hanging in there. And that North Carolina Ag School and its cast of dairymen can sense an upset in the making. A hostile crowd and Devin Leary's arm will make for a bountiful harvest on the fields of Carter Finley. The General's victor, NC State in an upset. SMU at TCU. The 100th Iron Skillet Battle gets cooked up in Fort Worth this weekend. Last year's battle was canceled due to COVID, so there's a lot of catching up to do when these Metroplex Bible toters assemble at Eamon Carter. The Horny Toads have enjoyed a nice run against the Dallas Methodist School in recent years, but the last time these two met, 2019, it was the Wild Ponies on top with a wild 41-38 win in the shadows of the Stockyards. 
This 100th renewal of the Iron Skillet battle will be another beaut. The General's Victor, TCU. Kentucky at South Carolina. Mark Stoops and the Bluegrass Boys are tuning up their fiddles for a chance to kick cocky in the beak for the seventh time in the last eight years. What a job Big Blue's done to turn this SEC East pairing into domination. This one's going down beneath Willie B's lights. Those primetime battles on Bluff Road can get a bit wacky as the Carolina Crescent moon shines bright. Gamecock rookie coach Shane Beamer best not be caught looking up at the star Saturday. If he's smart, he'll be staring right at his own stars on the field. And they'll help propel him to an important program-building type win against the Cats. The Generals' victor, South Carolina. West Virginia at Oklahoma. Before the land grabbers skeedaddle to the SEC's bottom land, the Mountain Men aim for the chance at embarrassing the Big 12 traders in front of the home crowd in Norman. Spencer Rattler's offensive resume, teamed with DJ Graham's defensive mastery, ought to be enough for Lincoln Riley's OU contingent to hit the town for an early jubilation. The Nears' aim will be there. It'll just be way off in this nighttime contest against the number four team in the nation. The Generals' victor, Oklahoma. Texas A&M and Arkansas in Arlington, Texas. Jerry World hosts this latest Southwest Classic. And without a doubt, for the first time since both schools have been SEC members, on paper at least, this is the best deal we've seen from both. A&M enters Arlington ranked number 7, and the upstart Hogs, they've wallowed their way all the way to number 16. Reveille's bark ain't as loud with quarterback Haynes King out for a few weeks, so Zach Calzada's the new shiny car in Jimbo Fisher's QB Garage. But Zach hasn't met Grant Morgan or Bumper Pool, and these boys ain't so hospitable to an A&M bunch hoping for a 10th straight win in this Southwest series. The Generals' victor, Arkansas gets the upset. Ahead on General Gridiron, Bobby Bowden Field is being dedicated Saturday at Samford University's football field. And on that field, the Samford Bulldogs have a tough SoCon opener, the Vandy-killing East Tennessee Buccaneers. Also, Wisconsin and Notre Dame haven't played football since the year the Beatles debuted. The Irish and Badgers come together this weekend at Soldier Field. Keep it here. General Gridiron will be right back with more. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. Anytime. Right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. Howdy, soldiers. This is General Gridiron back with you. Each week, this fabulous football forecast is heard on some of the finest radio stations all over the South and the North, including WLIL-FM 102.7 in Knoxville, Tennessee, home of trading posts in the morning and classic country favorites all day. 
and in Boonville, Mississippi. WBIP AM 1400, hometown radio since 1950. We appreciate all of our radio affiliates. Now, let's get back into the football fight. Missouri at Boston College. These two schools have never met, so no stories coming from the general about how BC and MU fought to the whistle with college football fortunes on the line. What we have here is another SEC versus ACC conference pride pillow fight. Truman and his show-me-staters get to go to Beantown for what could be a barometer of what lies ahead in 2021. A loss is already on the books at Kentucky, so Drink and the Old Gold and Black better have their heavy war paint on for this modern-day tea party in Boston, or a bowl invite will be hard to come by in a few months. Good news, Mizzou. These Eagles are going to need a BC, as in headache powder, before the fourth quarter hits. The Generals' victor? Missouri. East Tennessee State at Samford. Bobby Bowden Field is the proving ground for this Southern Conference opener for both teams. The Vanderbilt Thumpin' Bucks are ranked 17 in the latest FCS Coaches Bowl and are a flawless 3-0 as their ship sails for Homewood. Sam, not Stan, will actually be dedicating the playing field on this day after arguably its most famous alumnus, Robert Kleckler Bowden, Howard College Class of 1953, who died on August 8th. The Bulldogs will have an extra bite for the Bucks in honor of Bowden, but Randy Sanders has the East Tennessean swinging their swords high, matey, and they want more loot. The Generals' victor, ETSU. LSU at Mississippi State. K.J. Costello. Sound familiar? It was one year ago this weekend, the Stanford graduate transfer passed for an SEC record 623 yards and five touchdowns as the Mike Leach coached MSU Dogs won by 10 in Tiger Stadium. But Costello's fortunes and the Bullies' 2020 luck soon faded. Both the Tigers and the Cowbell Clangers need all of the luck they can get with this high noon ESPN SEC West contest. Coach O's already had one coaching gig in with a loss in Davis Wade, and a second straight defeat to State would be unthinkable to those wearing them purple and gold windsuits. But y'all better start thinking about it. The Generals' victor, Mississippi State. North Carolina versus Georgia Tech in downtown Atlanta. Jeff Collins wants the Yellow Waspers to own the 404, so much so he's given up a home game at Bobby Dodd to play two miles down the road at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Well, that's just dandy for the number 21 Hills. Playing in an NFL stadium gives QB Sam Howell a nice venue and preview of what's ahead for number seven. The ACC Network's got the call of this big city battle, and UNC will bring the ratings points and points on the gridiron, too. The Generals' victor, North Carolina. Notre Dame versus Wisconsin in Chicago. A fight will be going on before this one commences at Chicago's Soldier Field. Both the Fox Big Noon kickoff and ESPN College Game Day will be in the parking lot broadcasting live. Hey, I want to see Lee Corso put a mascot head thingy on Reggie Bush. This all-Yankee affair where the monsters of the Midway normally play is an intriguing game. These two Midwest institutions have not played since 1964. And this is another reason the Irish need to join the Big Ten. Come on, you guys. Wisconsin's going to feel right at home in Chi-Town as Bucky Badger's going to deep-dish the Catholics right into Lake Michigan. The Generals' victor, Wisconsin. We've already looked at the weekend's biggest battles across the nation, but hang on to your helmet. There's more around the corner. We'll be back in a moment to wrap up this week's General Gridiron with our rapid-fire picks. 
Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, Stop taking Lens S and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Lens S. Learn more at lensess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. This is General Gridiron back with you. We've already maneuvered through this week four weekend's frontline college football showdowns. Now it's time to fix bayonets and storm the field with our rapid-fire football forecast. Colorado takes down Arizona State. Texas hooks Texas Tech. Georgia embarrasses Vanderbilt. Oregon obliterates Arizona. Virginia Tech rallies back against Richmond. Coastal Carolina surfs past UMass. Utah waxes Washington State. Penn State outcats Villanova. Tulane takes care of UAB. California beats Washington. Louisville drops Florida State to 0-4. USC gallops past Oregon State. Auburn sinks Georgia State. Duke slam dunks Kansas. BYU spanks South Florida. Stanford passes past UCLA. Louisiana Lafayette hot sauces Georgia Southern. Florida destroys Tennessee. Kansas State escapes versus Oklahoma State. And Alabama sends Southern Miss to the bottom. Well, troops, you can now put your swords back in their scabbards. We're all out of picks on this week's edition of General Gridiron. We'll be back again next week. Same General Gridiron time, same General Gridiron station. So don't forget to tune us in on the radio. This is John Rawl, the General of Gridiron Glory, thanking you for letting me be part of your weekend celebration. General Gridiron is a production of Y'all. For more, log on to y'all.com, the South's homepage. That'll be all, y'all. So did y'all get all that written down? General, we're going to be keeping score. I think he's got a pretty good track record of getting most of these things just about right. We've got one more segment left of this, the Y'all Kickoff Show. Won't you stick around and close out the fun? We sure would appreciate it. Y'all Kickoff Show is powered by y'all.com. You can text us here at the show all about the South. It is 803-816-1170. Y'all Kickoff Show continues after this break.
How about them silver britches? This is the Y'all Kickoff Show. Wrapping up things here with one more glance at the big lineup of this Saturday of college football. And them dogs of Georgia are going to be making their biannual trip to Music City. And they've got their guitars out. They are a hit-making act in Athens, Georgia. And right there in the shadows of the Grand Ole Opry, they're going to put it on the Vanderbilt Commodores. It's Georgia ranked number two in the country. SEC Network is where you'll find the dogs and the Vanderbilt Commodores kicking off at Vanderbilt Stadium at high noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Vandy time. Elsewhere in the top 25 on this Saturday, Penn State's got Villanova in an early game. Notre Dame, Wisconsin from Soldier Field in Chicago. That's a 12 noon Eastern, 11 o'clock Central time kick. That being broadcast on the Fox Network. The Coastal Carolina Chanticleers are undefeated, ranked number 17 in the country. And they've got the Massachusetts Minutemen. They are marching on down to Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina, for an ESPNU battle, and this is going, rather, this is ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus is where you'll find this one starting at 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 noon Central Time. The Rams of Colorado State, they are 1 and 2. They are all the way at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City this weekend. The Rams and the Iowa Hawkeyes, Iowa ranked number 5 in the country right now. FS1's got this mid-afternoon battle the Aggies of Texas A&M, they and their old Southwest foes, the Arkansas Razorbacks, get together at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. CBS, the Brad Nestler Special. This is a 3.30 Eastern kick, 2.30 Central time kick on CBS between the Aggies and the number 16 Hogs. Aggies, by the way, ranked number 7 this week. Going to be a great one there in the Metroplex. Clemson and NC State, we've told you about this one from Raleigh. This one starts on ESPN at 3.30 Eastern on this football Saturday. Iowa State, they've got a Big 12 battle in Waco at McLean Stadium. The undefeated Baylor Bears. Wow, who saw that one coming? Of course, I don't think they've had the hardest schedule of late. They destroyed Kansas last week. The Bears did. Dave Aranda's team welcome in, welcomes in Matt Campbell's squad. This is a Fox battle. And it starts at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Waco time. Rutgers and Michigan are your ABC game in the middle of the afternoon from Michigan Stadium. And you've got Georgia State and Auburn SEC Network starting at 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock Plains time there from Jordan-Hare. UCLA and Stanford battle on the Pac-12 Network from Stanford Stadium. And that starts at 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central. The aforementioned Tennessee-Florida rivalry is renewed at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. You'll find that on ESPN starting at 7 Eastern, 6 o'clock Nashville time. Not Knoxville. They've got two different time zones in the state of Tennessee. But that's going to be great between the 11 Gators and the upstart Tennessee Vols, who, man, if they could pull the shocker, would be 3-1 and one and likely would find themselves ranked if they can get the victory there in Florida Field, or at Florida Field. Michigan State's, they got a Big Ten battle with Nebraska from Spartan Stadium in primetime on Saturday. K-State and Oklahoma State get together in Stillwater. K-State ranked number 25 this week. Southern Miss, they're 1-2, and two, and they have a new coach. They're going to be 
going over to a guy who knows a thing or two about college football coaching. Nick Saban welcomes in the Golden Eagles from Hattiesburg as the Tide ranked number one in the land. SEC Network's got this one from Bryant's Denny kicking at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 T-Town time. The number four Oklahoma Sooners and WVU get together at Memorial Stadium in Norman. This is an ABC primetime affair kicking at 7.30 Eastern. Akron, the Zips, and Ohio State are going to be the Big Ten Network's primetime affair. 7.30 Columbus time is where you'll find the number 10 Bucks and the Zips going at it. In Atlanta, not at Bobby Dodd, but down the street at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it's the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and the North Carolina Tar Heels on an ACC Network primetime slot. 7.30 Eastern is where you'll find this one on this neutral site. BYU's ranked number 15. The Cougars at Lavelle Edwards host the USF Bulls. And lastly, in the top 25, Oregon ranked number three on ESPN Saturday evening. They've got Arizona coming into Altson Stadium for a game that starts at 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central. As far as FCS matchups of note here for this weekend of college football, we have a few that might be worth tuning in if you get an opportunity. Elon's got William and Mary coming into North Carolina for a game. Mercer is at Furman this weekend. You also have Jackson State playing a game against a non-SWAC school. The Statesmen of Delta State from Division Two come down to the state capitol for a battle against Deion Sanders' Tigers. Jay State, that would be Jacksonville State, they've got... UT Martin coming in for, I think, one last time as these two teams aren't going to be in the same conference. They're not in the same conference this year, actually. UCA Central Arkansas has got Sam Houston coming over for a game this weekend. And also, Western Carolina plays out of the SOCON this weekend as they're going to be playing the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs in the SWAC. Bethune-Cookman and Alabama State have an affair on the gridiron this weekend. And how about this one out of the Missouri Valley Conference? Bobby Petrino's Missouri State Bears welcome in the South Dakota Coyotes into Springfield, Missouri. And that's a quick look at what all's going on around college football for this fourth weekend of the college football season. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Hopefully, wherever you've got your day planned out, you're going to have a wonderful college football Saturday. We'll be right back here on next week's Y'all Kickoff Show, getting you ready for week number five and our first show of the month of October. Woo! The season's going by so fast. And don't forget the Y'all Show. It broadcasts on great stations across the South, and it is a combination of not only college football talk, but all things Southern Find that on a great radio station near you or go to y'all.com to learn more. And you can get the podcast of the Y'all Show and this, the Y'all Kickoff Show. I'm John Rawl, thanking you for listening. Have a great football weekend. We'll see you right back here next week on the Y'all Kickoff Show. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, 
stop taking Lens S and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Lens S. Learn more at lensess.com or call 1 800 L I N Z E S S. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The Y'all Show, it's the weekend, and get your smiles on. It's also the first weekend of fall, y'all. She couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye. But I know, Lord, it was breaking her heart, and she was breaking mine. So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride, I told her not to worry about me. I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming them back and laughing out loud Where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like I just don't care With the dancing over here a fighting over Looking for a party crowd It'll dawn on me tomorrow Wherever I wake up I'll look back and try to recall Just where the heck's my truck So take my keys and lock them up tight And let the good times flow I worry about tomorrow when it comes to life The night's still young and I'm on the road tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming them back and laughing out loud Where the smoke's so thick and blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like they just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over The weekend is here. It is a great opportunity for you to get out and enjoy the South. That's what we hope the Y'all Show helps you get primed for. And David Lee Murphy each week, it's our theme song to get us to the weekend. Help me sing along, y'all. Slamming them back, laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. One more time Fox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here Or fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd Oh, not a bonus one Looking for a party crowd Slamming them back Come on, sing Laughing out loud Where the smoke's so thick The blues can't hang around Thank you for tuning in the show that's all Southern. We are the Y'all Show, broadcasting on great radio stations across the Southland and available also in podcast form around the Southland, courtesy of apps like Spotify, Stitcher, the Apple Podcast app, and also the iHeart app. 
We are talking about the South. We do it each and every day. We give you three hours of Dixie wisdom and Dixie entertainment. And we go through all things Southern and we do it all year long. And here, as we get ready for this weekend, we have our first fall weekend. And as we turn the page to a whole new season, to this time of year, we're getting ready for October any day now. I was looking for a good song to help reflect the time is a changing. And I found a song, Autumn in New York, a jazz standard that was composed by Vernon Duke way back in 1934. It has been part of the musical Thumbs Up on Broadway. And it was a song that's been covered by a bunch of people. Billie Holiday, Bing Crosby. You also had a duet done by a wonderful Southern combination as Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald had a version of this song that was a big, big success. Autumn in New York. We're going to play that in a second. Again, it's a good way to start fall, y'all. Let me first tell you about Ella Fitzgerald and remind you about Louis Armstrong as well. Did you realize Ella Fitzgerald was born in Newport News, Virginia? In 1917, she lived until 1996, died at the age of 79. And she was a big singer of jazz, bebop, blues singer, and more, Ella Fitzgerald. And she ended up moving as a youngster to New York, where she was raised there, ultimately became a jazz singer and more. She listened to recordings by Louis Armstrong, and that was part of her inspiration. Also listened to Bing Crosby and the Boswell sisters. And she ended up getting her early start there in the 1930s as amateur nights at the Apollo Theater was one of the ways she was able to capture some fame. She recorded on the DECA imprint for many years and went on to have great success and just a a tremendous life lived by Ella Fitzgerald. And if you've ever looked at her discography of some of her great work and more, so many albums that she put out again on labels like Verve and Reprise Records as well. As far as songs that were big hits on the charts, Good Night, My Love, from way back in 1937. She did that with Benny Goodman. That was a big hit. Also, A Tisket, A Tasket, back before World War II. Well, that was a big one. And then when you get into the war years, she had a couple of number ones back-to-back. I'm Making Believe and Into Each Life, Some Rain Must Fall. Those were big hits. And in her late years, as far as recording goes, she had a top 10 in 1949, Baby, It's Cold Outside, with Louis Jordan. That was a great one. And so she had a long, long history of recording and was a star in her own right, Ella Fitzgerald. Again, she teamed up with Louis Armstrong on the song that we're about to play as it is a great autumn song, a great fall song, and we're going to share with that fun here in just a few minutes. Let me tell you about Louis Armstrong, the New Orleans kid, born in 1901 in the Big Easy and went on to start you know, finding the music bug very early in his life. He lived actually as a youngster with a Jewish family in the New Orleans area, the Kamofskis, and they inspired him, got him going. In fact, 
Did you realize Louis Armstrong was fluent in Yiddish? And he wore a Star of David until the end of his life in memory of the family that helped raise him in New Orleans. How about that? I had no idea. But Louis Armstrong, again, just a musical force as he had all the great jazz and his trumpet skills, but he was a heck of a singer and just just a true Southern original. Satchmo, or Louie, was his name as he was this both musician and singer. We lost Louis Armstrong in 1971 as he died at the age of 69. But again, he and Ella Fitzgerald teamed up for a great song called Autumn in New York. And as we now have reached Autumn here in the South, it's only fitting that we have these Southerners who teamed up for this song way back when have us get it together for a start of Autumn together. Enjoy this one again from these two great singers, Autumn in New York, a song, again, that was penned by Vernon Duke. And today on the Y'all Show, we get to have this Ella and Louie rendition play for us to get us ready for the leaves to fall, and Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. Autumn in New York Why does it seem so It spells the thrill of first nighting Glittering crowds and shimmering clouds In canyons of steel They're making me
Central Park, great autumn in New York. It's good to live it again. If we could just get 1% of that talent, we would be something else. From 1957, the album was Ella and Lewis again, Virginia Lady, Ella Fitzgerald, and New Orleans man, Lewis Armstrong, teaming up for that great song, a song that kind of gets us in the mood for fall. You might say autumn, I say fall, y'all. Autumn in New York. And I don't know why Lewis didn't change the lyrics when they were in there recording back in 57 to Autumn in, not New York, but Autumn in New Orleans, his hometown. Or maybe uh, they could have picked some other new something in the South instead of that place up there in the Empire State. But a great song, a jazz standard popular song, Autumn in New York, getting us ready for fall, which is right here 
and we're going to love it. We're going to be here throughout this time of year bringing you Southern goodness each and every time we have the opportunity. When we come back on y'all, Craig Faulkner, he is ready for the fall. And our good Southern outdoorsman, he's going to talk bow hunting when we come back as that particular opportunity is now upon us since fall is here. Craig Faulkner and his fishing forecast, it's up next on the Y'all Show. Happy fall. southeast and we got a fella standing by that it is just wonderful to see again we are here on the show about the south talking about the southern outdoors it's time on y'all to bring on our fishing forecast and our chief forecaster is craig faulkner craig it really is good to see you <laughs> it's good to see you John. i wasn't worried i was worried there for a while we had to have a couple of encores yeah what was going on with you? I had a little uh, COVID issue. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got COVID when you were supposed to be going off on your big adventure. Exactly, on a camping trip or gramping, I think is what yeah. they call it, not camping. And uh, my daughter and uh, grandson and granddaughter uh, ended up going, and they had a fantastic time. Uh, sent me pictures, and uh, uh, they said it was definitely a go-back-to-see-again place, so... I'll go eventually. I don't want to tell you this because I'm trying to make you feel good and get a big head, but but you're looking good. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> don't take that the wrong way. You got plenty of rest. So yeah. I'm assuming you were okay? All oh, day? I'm 100%. All right. Well, that's good. I, I know it's going around, and we know a lot of you out here listening have had it, and maybe some of you, unfortunately, have had loved ones pass away from this thing. And all of our thoughts with this whole country, we now have exceeded. I don't know if you saw the headline this week. We have now had more people pass away in America from COVID than we had from the Spanish influenza outbreak of 1918 and 1919. Had no idea. Had no idea. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. All right. Let's put the bad in the rear view. And here on the Fishing Forecast with Craig Faulkner, let's put the positive. And, and, Craig, we got some real positive. It's a big weekend for some states across the south. Tell me what's going on. Well, before getting into the seasons, 
I'd like to talk about these seasons, as in summer is over with. It is. Happy fall, y'all. Happy fall, y'all. I guarantee you. And uh, some good, crisp, clean air blowing through here and some humidity leaving the area. And hopefully uh, in your area coming up this weekend, uh, both seasons opening up in a lot of states throughout the south. And uh, nothing better than a light north breeze and some uh, low to mid-50 temperatures, knock the bugs down, knock them back a little bit, slow them down while you're hunting. Uh, I love bow hunting. Uh, I, it's like the opening of uh, hunting season for me, even though dove season and squirrel season opens uh, well before uh, bow season. Uh, bow season is kind of back to the woods time for me. And, and not only that, uh, water's going to be cooling off. I was talking to a buddy of mine about planning our uh, first fishing trip we've had in a couple months uh, coming up here real soon. Uh, water temperatures will really start cooling off at night when we get these cooler nights. And uh, it'll get out of the low 80s surface temperature, and, and it'll drop down quick and uh, get it in the 70s and into the 60s is when I, I really like it. And that'll be coming up here shortly. Craig, one of the reasons I'm on the fishing forecast is to ask the questions that are maybe some people might call, what a dumb question. But some of us out here aren't exactly as advanced as you are in the outdoors. So my question to you with the arrival of bow hunting season in some of our southern regions, tell me how hard is bow hunting? Uh, it's kind of like fishing and a lot of other things. Well, how good of a spot have you got to hunt? And also, what are your standards? What are you shooting for? Uh, you got trophy hunters. You got meat hunters. Um, back in the day, uh, you know, not too many. I want to say, and throughout most of the South, the deer population thirty years ago was nowhere close to what it is today. So, um, in, in most areas of the Southeast, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Deer have really had a uh, surge in the last 30 years in their population. And it's also shown in the uh, numbers of kills and the uh, legal amount of deer you could kill. And, uh, you know, most all states have doe permits now. So if you want just some deer meat and kill a doe, you can kill a doe. And, And a lot of people throughout the southeast and throughout the country have gone more to a uh, trophy buck uh, status, which I'm kind of iffy about that. But uh, uh, shoot whatever makes you feel happy. But but going back to your question about how tough it is to kill a deer with a bow, uh, technology of bow and, bow and arrows has gone out the roof in the last 20 years. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. It's, it's not like you're going out there with a old american indian type bow hunting which, which those guys were pretty good and oh, gals yeah. too with with what they could do with the primitive weapons they use but now we're cheating almost it seems it, we really are but uh you know some people are always going to go for the higher tech uh products they can get and uh you've also you know got crossbows nowadays crossbows have scopes on them i mean it's like at uh 50 yards, it's like shooting a rifle. Hmm. And uh, years ago, the only people that could hunt with crossbows were um, handicaps and uh, elderly people. But now it's available to everybody, which I really don't have a problem with. Uh, 
there's a lot of people that aren't physically capable of pulling a bow back. But going back to the the high tech and uh, yeah, the bows. I, I've got a high tech bow at home. I bought it. Uh, I don't know five or six years ago. My brother talked me into buying one, and uh, and I actually have not used it in the last uh, three years. I went back to my, if you want lack of a better word, a lower tech bow. Mm. Uh, I don't have. Uh, the uh, peep sight on it and in fact i don't even use a uh, release i shoot with my fingers so I- i'm like one step above the uh, primitive uh, longbow is what you're referring to do people use that at all some people still do use the longbows they sure do and if i had one i probably would myself but um but uh, but i'm good with what i got and uh, in fact i'll be going uh, my first deer hunt this will be this weekend this saturday morning i'm planning on going Weather's going to be good, and I can't, I'm anxious to get out there. Do most states do the archery season now, the bow hunting season? They do it before. Comes in stages. Yeah, they. It, it'll start off with bow, then uh, usually you graduate to a muzzleloader, and then they'll graduate into gun muzzleloader archery, where you can choose any weapon you want to use. Uh, majority of people uh, still use uh, rifle as a preferred uh, weapon of choice for deer hunting. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, this weekend, if you are in an area where bow hunting should be the only thing going in, you shouldn't be hearing gunshots no. this weekend, unless it's from squirrel hunters. Uh, that's true. And, and that's one of the things I really enjoy about bow hunting. It's uh, it's serene. It's quiet. Uh, you don't hear deer rifles going off for umpteen miles away. And uh, when when is the worst time for hearing gunshots? Uh, week before Thanksgiving. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So they're pretty pretty noisy out there, which can't be good for trying to hunt. No, a deer. no, no, it, it's not. It's not. I mean, deer are going to be running around all over the place. But but one thing that does it it does make them run around because when all the hunters start scurrying around, the deer start scurrying. They start scurrying around, and this time of year, bow season. Uh, Deer are still moving on their natural summer patterns right now. Uh, their patterns change a little bit when the acorns start to fall and when the uh, corn's harvested and the beans. But uh, right now, they hadn't been interrupted too much, so they're pretty much walking around in their normal patterns. They're not nocturnal like they get during uh, late gun season. Talking with Craig Faulkner, this is the Y'all Show's fishing forecast, getting you ready for the weekend in the southern outdoors. Okay, again, I'm hired here on the fishing forecast to ask the rather dumb questions to some. So we know that you can go to a shooting range and practice your gun skills. Is there Where can you practice your bow hunting skills? Uh, I practice in my backyard. All right. I mean, really. What if you don't all, have a backyard like yours? Well, all you need is a uh, just a decent size uh, yard to do it, you know, and, and good targets. But uh, uh, there are there are archery ranges uh, okay. throughout. I mean, uh, some of them are state sponsored. Some of them are sponsored by private clubs. Some of them are uh, sponsored by different groups in different counties, and. Uh, some of them are sponsored by state agencies, but there are archery ranges, and uh, I just uh, happen to have uh, enough room and area that I just go right out my back door and shoot. Now, one thing I think you hinted before COVID came and got you, 
was that you had to start working out your arm or something yeah, like that. Yeah, what do yeah. you have to do? Well, you just kind of get your bow muscles in shape. And when you get my age. Uh, Which is what, 19, 20? What are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I'm 61. Oh. But, um, and, and I'm still in pretty good shape for my age, I would assume. And, and I could go out and pull my bow back at any time during the year. But the reason I was talking about getting in shape, because you use certain muscles when you're pulling a bow back that you don't use in a normal routine of a day, in our day's work, even if you're doing manual work. And you strengthen those muscles, and it gives you a much steadier uh, feel with your bow and, and allows you to hold the arrow back for an extended period of time, you know, picking your shot. Helps, helps quite a bit, quite a bit. All right, and are there like uh, household names when it comes to bows? Let's say you don't have your bow picked out for the new season. What are some of the key names out there? I think uh, none of which are sponsoring us, but they should. Yeah, well, the one that comes to mind with me, and there's so many new brands now, but uh, is a fellow named Fred Bear, and his bows were named Bear Bows. They were for decades the most popular. In, in fact, Fred Bear was a uh, trick shot artist, uh, kind of like the people did with guns. He did trick shot shows hmm. with bow and arrows, hunted pheasant and ducks and with bows and arrows, and, uh, you know, had trick shots that he would do at different shows. So Bear Bows are probably the most well-known uh, throughout the last 40, 50 years uh, anywhere in the country. Uh, I, I'm sitting here trying to think about that high-tech bow I got. There's so many different names that have come out and evolved over the years. And What makes uh, it so high-tech? Well, I mean, just different companies that have come out with these high-tech. Well, the pulley systems, okay. the pulley systems on the bows and the uh, materials that are used to make the bows and materials – they're used to make the arrows. It's come a long way since wooden arrows. It evolved into aluminum arrows. Then it went to graphite and now composites and lighter, faster, better, more powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. You go and retrieve your arrows. Sure, sure. Even after I shoot two deer. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, if I don't bend them, I reuse them. All right. So. How many, I mean, again, I'm showing my stupidity here. When you go buy a pack of arrows, how many are we talking about here? Well, I was actually just came from a store, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, looking for some arrows. Okay, don't tell me and, there's a shortage of those two. Well, there's a shortage of the kind of arrows I like. Okay. And they're an older aluminum model. And uh, I'm going to try substituting some lighter arrows into my older bow. I've got plenty of the lighter ones, mm-hmm. but people don't uh, tend to carry the old aluminum arrows anymore. Uh, in fact, I— What do they have? Uh, composite. Okay. And uh, just they're a lighter, smaller diameter arrow than what I used to shoot. So I, I've got four of my old arrows left. I don't have time to order any, but I'm going to sh- try and shoot some of my— uh, uh, Smaller, lighter areas, and just in fact, I might try that this afternoon just to see how they fly out of my bow. What's on the end of the arrow that goes into the deer? What is it? A called a, called a broadhead. Is it a blade? It's a blade. Okay, razor blades. That's what I was worried about. So, what happens if the non-Craig Faulkners of the world don't go picking up their arrows 
and you're out there in the woods one day and you find an arrow, what should you do? I'd pick it up myself. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I'm right. assuming if you stepped on one of those things, it could be. Uh, yeah, well, chances are uh, if you're bow hunting, you're going to be hunting out of a tree, which means you're going to be shooting down, which means the arrow is going to be stuck in the ground. Okay. So you won't see many arrows uh, laying on top of the ground anywhere. That's good. That's good. All right, so you got bow season. Again, check your local states. Make sure that you're following all the rules. What is it the game wardens are really going to be looking after when it comes to bow hunting? What What are the, the sticklers they are out looking for? Uh, in a lot of areas, uh, they're going to be looking for bait because baiting – and by baiting, I mean corn or mineral licks, uh, any kind of uh, store-bought, uh, you know, not a natural, uh, something that's not natural. Uh, baiting is illegal in a majority of southern states for uh, bow hunting. Okay. And uh, I would say after bait, of course, license checks and uh, – you know, hunting permission on certain properties. Is there uh, a typical limit for bow hunting? Uh, there is. Uh, you got a number of uh, does you can kill and a certain number of bucks you can kill per year, and you have to check the deer in when you kill it. Uh, checking in, which used to be uh, 100% physical, as in go to the local sporting goods store or grocery store, a designated check station you did in person, now, a majority of states have uh, apps you can get on your phone where you can put in your license number and register your kill and hit send, and, and you're done. What about weight? You don't have to weigh the deer. You know. What about horns and all that kind of stuff? It'll ask you questions on the, yeah. uh, on the uh, app as far as if, you, if it was a buck or a doe, if it was a buck, how many points, uh Photo? Do you have to show a photo? Don't have to show a photo. Uh, some states you might have to. Most people want to show a photo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Just go to their Facebook pages. I guess that's the one way they catch a lot of people is on <laughs> Facebook, these these wildlife agents around the southeast. So it's bow hunting time. Where do you aim on a on a deer when you're bow hunting? Just, well, depending on the angle of the deer, if the deer was uh, broadside to me, I'd aim, I'd aim directly behind the front shoulder blade, and uh, you'll hit vitals right there. And you also have penetration. You hit that shoulder blade, uh, you won't get much deeper than uh, that bone. Mm. All right, everybody, make sure the kids are up and uh, off in another room when we have this discussion each week. <laughs> of the Craig Faulkner, fishing forecast. Hey, speaking of fishing, before we get out of here, it is, you just said, fall. Oh, yeah. What does that mean in terms of fishing for you? It means crappie. It means bass. It really means crappie. And it means soon. When? As in possibly next week. Oh, really? All right. Well, that is the perfect tease for Craig Faulkner. Do you mind coming on here next week and talking about crappie? That'll be fine. Is that, that, is that, that going to that, be, too, be fine. too hard for you to research? That's not going to be hard. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. Craig, best of luck with the bow hunting and get ready for crappie, y'all. Thank you, John. All right. We are y'all. Talk with an accent on all things Southern. And we'll be right back with more of the show as we wrap up here the second hour of our conversation about the Southeast. With me. 
Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, Stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tuning you on with more of the show about the Southeast, y'all powered by y'all.com. And a quick look at some news headlines here in this second hour of our Southern conversation. And one headline kind of catching my eye here today is a cold front is expected to bring potential flooding to the east and a tropical storm is now forming in the Atlantic. Oh, will this ever, ever come to an end? Yes, a cold front is expected to come across most of the country here in the next couple hours, and it is going to be sweeping across the eastern third of the United States, bringing isolated storms and flooding into the mid-Atlantic states. So watch out, Virginia. Watch out, Maryland, and all along that northeast corridor of the country. Flash flood watches in effect in northern Virginia all the way up to southern New York. And this front, you might have already experienced it in the last 24, 48 hours. Cooler temperatures and drier air are coming in as a part of this front. Now, you're also seeing showers and thunderstorms pop up across South Florida as a result of this front and its eastern path. Now, to the tropics. Tropical Depression 18 has formed 
and a tropical disturbance off of the Horn of Africa is expected to become Tropical Storm Sam. And so that is pretty big news there as we've got this thing churning out there and could bring a potential storm to the southeast in the coming days. So we'll be here next week with all the latest weather goings on. But right now, weather is in the news as we hit the weekend. In the Washington, D.C. area, a story out of the Washington National Cathedral. They got woke there a few years ago and removed some Confederate stained glass windows. And now they're going to replace that with an artist named Kerry James Marshall and his works that will depict what they call black life. And these new stained glass windows with themes of racial justice will go into the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. This is a place where presidents go and worship, and it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of almost like our national church, if you will. And there's going to be these new windows designed that will tell a new and more complete story of the nation's racial history. Poet Elizabeth Alexander will write a poem to be inscribed in stone tablets alongside the windows, and those will overlay older tablets that venerated the lives of Confederate soldiers, that according to a statement from the Washington National Cathedral. This is supposed to be completed by 2023, and these windows will replace a set that had honored Confederate Generals Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson and included the first national Confederate flag when it was put there, but uh, been covered with plywood since 2017, where these things once were there at the National Cathedral. And getting woke at the National Cathedral, Washington, D.C. Another story, this is a little bit of a change. This is something that is completely opposite of what they're doing in the nation's capital. How about the capital of South Carolina? and what they're doing there as the story broke on Thursday. South Carolina's Confederate Monument Protection Law has been upheld by the state Supreme Court. The South Carolina State Supreme Court ruling this week that a law preventing anyone from moving a Confederate monument or changing the historical name of a street or building without the legislation's permission, that law is legal. But in the same ruling, the justices struck down a requirement that two-thirds of the General Assembly must approve a move or name change. This was a unanimous decision to keep intact South Carolina's Heritage Act, which has stopped colleges and local governments from removing statues honoring Civil War soldiers. Or some people say some of these people with stuff out there is for segregationists. And now the state Supreme Court essentially rubber stamping the 2000 law that was actually one of the big signers of that was the late Senator Clementa Pickney, who was the pastor of Emanuel AME church in Charleston. And he was killed when Dylan Roof went into that church back in 2015. So this is a little bit of a, uh, I don't know what this really means because frankly, by rubber stamping the act, but then saying that the state legislature doesn't have to necessarily vote two thirds to keep it. I guess maybe just a simple majority is what they're saying. Don't know. I haven't read all the heavy duty details of this, but 
The big news again, South Carolina's Confederate Monument Protection Law in a unanimous vote this week upheld there in Columbia, South Carolina. We will continue on with more of the show about the South when we come back. We got to look at the new movies hitting theaters here on this weekend, your big fall arrival. That's ahead on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. Anytime, right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. Wrapping up Hour 2 of the Y'all Show, a quick look at the new movies hitting theaters across the South this weekend. Got four of them. Dear Evan Hansen, that's a new movie out that's got Julianne Moore and Amy Adams. That's out this weekend. I'm Your Man, Dan Stevens, Sandra Huller, and Maren Eggert star in this new movie, and it's out in theaters also this weekend. On These Grounds, that's a documentary. A viral video shows a white policeman throwing a black teenager from her school desk. One woman helps the girl, faces the officer, and dismantles the system. On these grounds, out in select theaters this weekend. And last, Apache Junction. This one is a Justin Lee-directed film, and it's about the Old West, and it's in theaters in select locations this weekend. That is your new movies offered around the South this weekend. Got a whole nother hour of the show about the South coming up. Don't want to miss out on the fun? Okay, we'll stay where you are. We'll be right back with more y'all. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C. We agreed it's time to try something different. 
Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Hello, we've reached the last hour of the week here on the show covering all things Dixie. I'm General John Rawl. I am the general of all things Southern. I appreciate y'all taking a little time to join us here for our crusade across the Southeast. We cover all things entertainment, all things music, all things food, all things sports, all things news, and just all things y'all. <laughs> that's what that's what we kind of claim to be here on the show covering Dixie. 803-816-1170. That is the way to get in touch with the show that covers the Southeast. Would love to get your thoughts here. And also want to remind you that we have our website. It's y'all.com. Y'all is the South's homepage. And feel free to go on over there and see all the fun stuff being posted each and every, not just day, each, almost each and every hour. That's a little white lie, but it's almost true. And go check out y'all the South's homepage. And on that homepage, you'll find y'all show as one of the tabs. Clicking on that gives you a chance to hear what you're listening to right now in podcast form. And it's a really fun, informative way to keep up with all things across the Southeast by clicking on the y'all show podcast form. Of course, Y'all in podcast form, also available on Spotify, on Stitcher, on the iHeartRadio app, also on the TuneIn Radio app. Most of those you can find on your app store, whatever device you have that allows you to get apps added to it. So those are great, great ways to keep up with all things going on across the 16 southern states. That's what we do here on Y'all We accentuate all 16s from texas all the way to the atlantic coast and of course we've got you covered from missouri all the way to the gulf coast very very cool stuff that we do here at y'all and we couldn't do it without y'all and i don't mean y'all.com i'm talking about use guys we are very very honored to be the south show Thank you again for being a part of it. Coming up here in this final hour today, we've got a look at some sports news and notes here to start the hour. Then we've got more headlines before we get out of here for the weekend. And we also have more great festivals and events going on across the South that we'll cover before we say goodbye. All that right here in this final hour of the Y'all Show. Why don't you let me get into some of the sports goings on. We covered college football in a big way in hour number one. That's our Y'all Kickoff Show. Let me tell you about what's going on in the NFL as they get ready for week number three in the professional circuit. And the big story out from the Miami Dolphins, 
Tua Tagviola has been ruled out as he's had fractured ribs, got that last week, and Tua, the former Alabama quarterback, will not play when the Finns suit up against the undefeated Las Vegas Raiders. He's going to miss Sunday's game. Jacoby Brissett will indeed start for the Dolphins against Las Vegas, and practice squad quarterback Reed Sinet will be backing him up. He'll be moved up from the practice squad to the Dolphins' backup quarterback. According to the coach of the Dolphins, Brian Flores, he said of Tagviola that he's in good spirits and he's doing everything he can, that he's getting better, but he wants to be out there with his teammates. But the right move for him right now from a health standpoint is to sit him as he's dealing with these fractured ribs, something that happened when the Patriots knocked up on the Dolphins just the other day. I think it was the Patriots. Somebody beat the heck out of the Dolphins, 30 to nothing. Flores called Tagvola day-to-day and week-to-week in terms of how long he's going to be out. Tagvola was trying to play this week, but Dolphins coach Flores said he needed to save him from himself. So, hoping to get him back for week four when the Indianapolis Colts are the opponent. Okay, I'm sorry. The Dolphins lost to the Patriots week one, and I remember it's all coming back to me because <laughs> I didn't see this game from this past weekend. Dolphins lost big time to the Buffalo Bills. I think it was like 30 to nothing. I mean, it was a beatdown, and I blame the injury on part of the beatdown, but he was knocked out in that loss and got a hit from Bills defensive end A.J. Ipanisa and that caused him to go out with these fractured ribs, and Brissett entered that game to finish, and he did okay, 169 yards passing. He did have an interception, 35 nothing. Don't let me cheapen the final score. It was a 35 nothing shutout. I think the game was even in Miami as they lost to Buffalo week number two. But Jacoby Brissett, who started 32 games in his career, and included in that 30 games for the Colts in 2017 and 2019, he gets the reins as the starting quarterback for this week when the Las Vegas Raiders and their great quarterback, Carr, who's got a little injury bug going himself, he's got a chance to get his team in Vegas to 3-0 and if they could beat a, uh, a, a, a kind of injury-plagued Miami Dolphins team. Moving on, another quarterback to tell you about is Justin Fields. He is going to have his first start this week. Andy Dalton is not expected to play. The former TCU QB not expected to play due to a knee injury that he suffered in a victory for the Bears last week. So Justin Fields, the former Georgia Bulldog, the former Ohio State quarterback, the Georgia native, gets the first start as Andy Dalton out with a left knee injury. And it's a great opportunity, according to Matt Nagy, head coach of the Monsters of the Midway. Nick Foles will serve as Justin Fields' backup when they take on the Cleveland Browns. So Chicago, which had a very close but very good win against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday of this past weekend, Dalton got a knee injury in that game against Cincinnati after he landed awkwardly on the Chicago sideline following a scramble, and his left knee seemed to be really out of whack. It actually appeared to buckle at one point while he was going down, and Fields came in and did, again, good enough 
to get this Chicago football team, not Washington, but Chicago football team, a.k.a. the Bears, and get them to a victory. Fields was 6 of 13 for 60 yards, had an interception, and rushed for 31 yards in a victory against the Bengals. He also played week one, which was a loss on the road in Los Angeles to the Rams. And that game, Justin Fields threw two passes, which were both completed, and that ended up being kind of a mop-up duty there or very rare uh, at that point in that first game. Andy Dalton was getting most, if not all, the snaps in that, well, I think that was a Sunday night game between the Bears and the L.A. Rams. But now this week, getting ready for the Browns, a battle right there in that upper Midwest part of the world, an NFC-AFC clash. It's going to be the Georgia native Justin Fields starting for the Chicago Bears. Looking at Week Three's lineup of this Sunday games, you've got the football team in Buffalo to take on the Bills. Chicago is going to be that we just mentioned, Chicago at Cleveland. That's your early game on select areas of the country from First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, right around the shores of Lake Erie. You can tune in if you see this on Sunday early. The Baltimore Ravens will be in Motown. The Detroit Lions still seeking their first win of the year. they got the Ravens coming in. Sorry, Lions fans, if you have any Lions fans in the South, I don't think it's going to be all that good of a day for you this week. The Indianapolis Colts, they've started their season 0-2. they got a tough challenge. They've got to go with a backup quarterback as they go down to Nissan Stadium and an early kick Sunday against the 1-1 Tennessee Titans in an AFC South battle of contenders. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to be taking on an AFC West rival and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's an early game Sunday. The Saints look for a win after getting hammered in Charlotte last week. They're going to be on the road at Gillette Stadium as the New England Patriots welcome in the New Orleans Saints for a game early on Sunday. The Falcons have had a rough start, and they might just be able to get a victory this week. They've got another team kind of in that same Ofer category. The New York football Giants host the Atlanta Falcons in an early game from MetLife Stadium on Sunday. The Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers, both of these teams sit at 1-1, one and one, and it's kind of an example of the old of the NFL in Roethlisberger and the new of the NFL in Joe Burrow. And how about if Cincinnati goes in and gives Pittsburgh a second straight defeat? This is an early game Sunday. Check it out. And CBS has the broadcast rights of this battle. Arizona Cardinals will be on Eastern time as they're in Duval to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jags, their luck just does not get any easier after they've already had two tough setbacks. A very good Cardinals team comes in from the desert. Man, Kyler Murray is going to go off. That's what I predict. Your second set of games on Sunday, the games that fire off around 4 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time, the New York Jets, winless. They are likely going to drop to 0-3. They go up to Empower Field at mile high as the Denver Broncos welcome in the New York Jets. The Dolphins, they and their backup quarterback will be at Las Vegas. Brissette under center against Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders play the Finns. This is a mid-afternoon game from Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. 
The Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady, they're in the place where stars are, are made. Stars evidently are born elsewhere in California because that's where Tom Brady is from, some other place in California. His Buccaneers will be at the L.A. Rams SoFi Stadium is the place to be in Inglewood to welcome in California kid Tom Brady, the Super Bowl champion about six times running, I think. Lost track, actually. Also, Sunday, your last of your late afternoon games, the Seattle Seahawks will be on the road at Minnesota for a game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Your Sunday night football contest on NBC, Green Bay Packers, will be on the left coast. Levi Stadium in Santa Clara is the place to be to see the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, another California kid, by the way. He and his pack will be taking on the San Francisco 49ers in primetime Sunday evening. And then come Monday for ESPN and their broadcast of Monday Night Football, it's the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys in an NFC East clash right there on ESPN Monday night. So lots of great football going on in the professional world between now and when this all goes down starting on Sunday. Major League Baseball, just a few weeks left in that season, really just a few days. Here's your lineup of series going on over the weekend. The Cardinals get on the road, and they're taking on their rivals, the Chicago Cubbies. The Pirates will be in an all-Pennsylvania clash this weekend, Pirates and the Phils. Texas and Baltimore are on the diamond together. The Chicago White Sox are at Cleveland. Kansas City is visiting the Detroit Tigers this weekend. Miami Marlins will be at Tampa Bay. Yankees and Red Sox renew their rivalry, and this matters. Both of these teams need to win for a chance to make it into the postseason. The Nats are at Cincinnati. Also, you've got the New York Mets at Milwaukee. The San Francisco Giants will be on the road at Colorado. Minnesota hosts the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend. Angels have the Seattle Mariners coming in to Anaheim this weekend. Oakland has the Houston Astros. Angels, or rather the Dodgers, will be in the desert to take on the Arizona D-backs. And the Atlanta Braves have a great series at San Diego. Both of these teams certainly trying to get into a postseason kind of thing and both need a win, frankly. That's what the baseball series are lined up to be this weekend. We also have a little golf going on this weekend, the Ryder Cup, and that's taking place in Kohler, Wisconsin at Whistling Straits Straight Course. It's Team Europe versus Team USA. We walked you through the roughly 24 players on our Thursday Y'all Show. Look for some great matchups. Now, all Europe needs to do to retain the Ryder Cup is to get 14 points. They get 14, they get to hold on to it. But if the United States somehow can get out of there with enough points to usurp Europe, then the Ryder Cup will stay right here in the United States. And among the good golfers on the U.S. team that are from the South, you got Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger. You got Bryson DeChambeau, who played his college golf at SMU. You also have DJ, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, the Crimson Tide golfer, and a Kentucky native. And uh, I guess Jordan Spieth's on there too, yeah, from Texas. And there's others, Scotty Scheffler, don't want to miss him. He's a good Longhorn as well. All of these golfers, again, participating 
in the Ryder Cup going on between Team Europe and Team USA. This concludes Sunday again in Kohler, Wisconsin. Should be a lot of fun to tune in and see these guys having fun out there and putting their country and their, in case of Europe, their continent at stake as they're fighting for supremacy on the golf course. Let's move on here. Melissa Rhodes, she's standing by with a Southern Accent on sports. Melissa, take it away. Southern Accent. Here's a Southern sports update from y'all.com. I'm Melissa Rhodes. The 2021 college football season's already had several instances of David slaying Goliath, but none more dramatic than the FCS Jacksonville State Gamecocks win at Florida State with a 59-yard Hail Mary. The ACC Network's Wes Durham and Roddy Jones on the September 11th call. Here's Cooper, four-man rush for Florida State, going to cut it loose. Phil Y'all Johnson caught it! Inside the 10, Phil Yaw Johnson on his feet. He'll cut back, and Jacksonville State has won at the horn. On the final play of the game, Zarek Cooper throws to DeMond Phil Yaw Johnson, and the Gamecocks have upset the Seminoles. 59 yards. Wes, I, I cannot believe what we just saw. Sports headlines and more at y'all.com. I can't believe what we just saw. I actually saw that thing happen live as that was a really close game on that Saturday night, and I knew it was going to come down to the wire. And how – I mean, I almost jumped out of my lazy boy when that happened. I I, I couldn't believe he caught it, and then I couldn't believe – because when he caught it, he was not in the end zone. He caught it around the 12-yard line, and he was able to just – get those other two guys to go falling off into the sideline, I think. And the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, Randy Owen of Alabama, he's been, I think, the chairman of the board of Jacksonville State University, his alma mater. Oh, he he ought to write a new hit country song about his Gamecocks of JSU and that great win they had on September 11th against Florida State. Man, and FSU – I don't think it's going to be all that pretty at Doak Campbell this weekend as Louisville comes in there. It, the Cardinals could send FSU to 0 and 4. Sorry to tell you all that. But how about Jacksonville State, one of the many FCS teams who have defeated a power program here this year? It all started that first weekend with East Tennessee State. The ETSU Bucks went into Nashville and defeated the Vanderbilt Commodores. And just last weekend, Chattanooga nearly knocked off Kentucky. So, way to go, little old David, when you go up against Goliath. Love that. Melissa, thanks. Good job on our Southern accent here today. When we come back on Y'all, we are going to have more headlines coming in from across the Southeast. And before the hour is in the books, we've got more festivals to tell you about that are going on across Dixie. All that right here on the Y'all Show, 803-816-1170 is how you can text us if you've got something to say. Well, we want to hear it. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. Anytime, right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? 
Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore, more ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64,000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64,000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64,000. There's a great big mystery, and it sure is worrying me. This ditty war ditty, this ditty war ditty. I wish somebody would tell me what Diddy Boy Diddy means. A little girl about four feet four. Someone pop in, give me some more of your Diddy Boy Diddy. Your Diddy Boy Diddy. I wish somebody would tell me what Diddy Boy Diddy means. I went out and walked around. Somebody yelled, say, look who's in town, Mr. Diddy Boy Diddy. Mr. Diddy War Diddy. I wish somebody would tell me what Diddy War Diddy means. You'd think somebody would take a washcloth and clean that record off. <laughs> now that's a pretty old record there. I don't think a washcloth would do any good. But they could sure try. Hey, welcome back. It's y'all. And we just have a handful of minutes left here on our conversation about the South. Our email address, if you want to reach us there, love to get your email. And I got this washcloth over here. I was going to use it on that record, but I'll just use it to check my email and and clean it off. Make sure there ain't no virus or whatever comes on an email these days. That's a thing that really you don't hear much about. We used to get inundated with all these virus protection notices and stuff, and maybe we, we, we don't have viruses now coming through our computers. We got it going through the air. It's called the China virus. And uh, I guess I kind of look back on the days of computer viruses and wish we'd had those back instead of what we got now, killing nearly 700,000 Americans, by the way. Just a sad, sad thing, and millions across the world. All right, let's dive into some headlines before we get out of here for the week. And this is an unusual story that I'm passing from the world of education, from Missouri. Officials in a Kansas City area school district are investigating after a small group of students posted an online petition, and these students... I guess I could call them knuckleheads, but the online petition that they posted was calling for the return of slavery. Students at Park Hill South High School posted it during a school-related activity, according to officials at the school. Further details about the number of students involved, the specific language of the petition, or What might have prompted it were not being released because it was a discipline issue. That, according to the district spokesperson. The superintendent of Park Hill School District in Missouri is Jeanette Cowherd. I wonder if she's related to Colin. She said in a letter to the community that the district does not tolerate discrimination or harassment and has specific policies addressing any violations 
which could result in a suspension or expulsion. The district also has a policy on civility that prohibits attacks against people based on factors such as race, gender, religion, disability, or other personal characteristics. (laughs) Again, these students put out a petition calling for the return of slavery, and this is in a Kansas City area school. The principal of Park Hill South is Carrie Heron, and Heron said a student notified him of the petition about a week ago, and school officials have been working since then to help students and staff who were upset by the incident. As Heron said, I think that a large portion of our population is hurt, mad, outraged, and confused and want to use it as a way to make Park Hill South better. Park Hill South's student population this school year is just about 12,000 students, of which 12.7% were black. The district instituted an inclusion and equity council with teachers back in 2015, and that led to student focus groups and eventually a family advisory council on school and racial-related issues. But again, this all started out of evidently some kind of school-related activity, and they had a petition online calling for the return of slavery. I wonder if anybody said, yes, that would be a good thing. But what's not a good thing is to be in headlines and have me talk about it. You, yeah, I won't pick on them. I mean, this could have been something put out by a teacher, for goodness sakes. They're in Liberty, Missouri, Park Hill South High School. All right, moving on to more. Headlines from across the Southeast. How about Walmart? Walmart will not be offering layaway this holiday season. A thing that a lot of families have been doing for a long time is putting stuff on layaway. Walmart says, nope, not this year. Walmart Walmart offered layaway from late August through mid-December, which allowed customers to put items on hold with a deposit and then make payments toward their balance. No interest was charged on the items. So Walmart doing something different this way this year, shifting to a program called Affirm, and it is billed as an alternative to layaway. Affirm allows people to purchase their items immediately and pay over time in a span of 3 to 24 months. The process requires customers to apply for a loan to pay for their items, and while no late prepayment or annual fees are charged, customers do pay interest ranging from 10 to 30%. That doesn't sound like a good plan to me. What do y'all think? A firm? I say a firm should be uh, disavowed. Uh, whatever the opposite of a firm. Uh, canceled. A firm should be definitely thrown out. Okay, let me read this. So in a firm's defense, I'll read exactly what Walmart is doing here. Shifting to this program called a firm and it's supposed to be an alternative to layaway, allowing people to purchase their items immediately and pay over time in a span of three to 24 months. So how do you purchase it if you then have to pay for it over time? Do you only purchase a portion of it and pay off the rest? A little confusing. The process requires customers to apply for a loan to pay for their items, and while no late prepayment or annual fees are charged, customers do pay interest ranging from 10 to 30 percent i don't know i guess i'm kind of a stickler when it comes to economics and 
if you can't afford something, maybe you don't need to buy it. Items eligible for a firm include electronics, video games, toys, home goods, musical instruments, home improvement tools, baby items, jewelry, and more. Again, we're telling you about a firm because Walmart is doing away with layaway. That's why you need to go down to your friendly Kmart and do the layaway thing there. Now, sadly, Kmart is just about gone. In fact, speaking of Kmart, let me see if I can't get a count of how many stores they have at the current time because their their numbers are so far down. It's painful, painful to think. According to Wikipedia, which is pretty darn accurate, Kmart, which was incorporated in 1899, and at one time, just after I worked for Kmart, clock number 91, by the way, after I had moved on from the company in my part-time role working in the electronics department, Kmart, back in the mid-90s, once had nearly 2,500 stores globally. And that included about 2,300 right here in the United States. Kmart, according to what I'm seeing here right now, has gone from 2,500 stores to now having 17 stores. That's brutal. It's almost like, how could they have any stores? How are they still in business after all the second bankruptcy that they went through? And the store I work for just shut down early 2020, maybe. It hung in there. It hung in there for a long time. And I like going in there. It was a good kind of throwback for me and the good times I had working in there and the co-workers I had, the job I had in high school, pretty pretty cool gig, frankly. And it hung in there. But you know what happened in the last few years that Kmart was there? A large portion of their inventory was not there. They had empty shelves because they couldn't get other Kmart distributor locations ended up being too far from them. So they couldn't keep up with their inventory. Really bizarre. And just like you might expect, the Kmart that I was once an employee of and actually one employee of the month. One time I got my Polaroid picture taken and it was hung up right there when you go to the checkout counter. I wish I had that picture. I I think it is still out there somewhere buried. And and I have my nice little Kmart name tag. I don't mean to brag on myself, but I was a pretty good Kmart employee. (laughs) Uh, and I think you even got like a maybe a $50 bonus or something. I'm trying to think. It's been been a few years. but Unfortunately, Kmart completely got sucker punched by Walmart. And today, Kmart, in its 17 stores, compared to Walmart, and I'm going to pull up Walmart just for, just to make me feel even worse about myself, because I, I'm still loyal to Kmart. I like me some Kmart. (laughs) The number of stores Walmart has worldwide, over 10,000. 
the number of stores America in America, I don't know, but I could easily guess they have more than 5,000. That's just a complete guess. But uh, I know they've got, in terms of employees, Walmart currently has 20, I'm sorry, 2.3 million employees. Walmart, Bentonville, Arkansas. So, yeah, there you go. Walmart will yield to them. I guess they know what they're doing there when they decided to do away with layaway. And one of the memories I had of being a a Kmart employee, I get emotional talking about this. i got to get me some tea here. <clears throat> the, the memories I have was we had a layaway department. I never worked in that department. It was always usually a couple of uh, – Girls a year or two older than me that worked in there, and I never understood why people went there and waited in line. I had an aunt and uncle that would do layaway, and I'd see them, and it was kind of a ritual. They'd come in there every Friday night and pay a little bit more on whatever they had on layaway. <clears throat> and it's something, again, I get emotional talking about, but that a lot of people like layaway because they, they, they sure did it. And uh, I guess they got their stuff ultimately and – and it worked. But Walmart no longer offering layaway. Shame, shame, shame. All right, let's move on to a story. If talking about Walmart and Kmart and being a former Kmart employee was not emotional enough enough for me, this next story really does hit home because this next story actually ties into where I used to work specifically. I used to have the y'all office in the same exact building in Oxford, Mississippi. How about this story? The Lyric Theater, which used to be an old 1950s, 1960s music theater that they often called the two stick because you had to have a two, a stick in there evidently to hit a rat or whatever that was maybe climbing through the seats while you were sitting there watching some kind of movie. The two-stick used to have offices, and I had my office in there. It was an awesome place, by the way, right off the Oxford Square. Well, I got kicked out of there by the landlord because he wanted to turn that whole building into a music venue. And he did, and he turned it into an awesome music venue. It's the Lyric Oxford, right off the square on Van Buren in Oxford, Mississippi. And they're in the store. Bradley Bishop, the owner, he's in the news because they want to keep their event goers safe when they go to see artists like the Black Keys perform at the Lyric Oxford. And so what's the Lyric doing to keep event goers safe? They're bringing in COVID-sniffing dogs to give you a good sniff. And that's what they've done this week. In fact, the Black Keys were in concert there in Oxford. And guests will see these COVID-sniffing dogs right outside the door before they go in there. And trust me, if you don't get in at the Lyric, you can just right, go right across the street about seven or eight steps, and you'll be at the library and go see Dessler. And I know he'll let you in, COVID or not. <laughs> I know. Organizers say these COVID-sniffing dogs are only meant to sniff for COVID-19 and have remarkable accuracy. All concert goers have to show proof of vaccination or a negative test within the last 48 hours 
and you also have to be sniffed by a COVID-sniffing dog. Huh. Right there in Oxford. Better be careful. I bet they might slip in a, a drug-sniffing dog at some point, and that'll really make the crowd go uh, uh, stir-crazy <laughs> for a Black Keys concert. Hey, I haven't seen that kind of headline anywhere, but COVID-sniffing dogs. How about that? Right there in Oxford, MS, hottie, toddy, drug-sniffing dogs. <laughs> when we come back on, y'all, we have a little bit more of the fun left. We are going to tell you about some great festivals taking place across the Southeast, and we'll do that when we come back. Hey, get away from me, Dr- you not drug-sniffing, but COVID-sniffing dog. <laughs> tickles. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBS-C in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, Stop taking Lens S and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Lens S. Learn more at lensess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. We need to all get in the car and drive a little north, south, east, or west for this great weekend we've got in store, our first weekend of the new season. John Rawl right back here with more of y'all talk with an accent on all things southern. And we want to tell you about where you can find some cool events going on across Dixie this weekend. Make your way to Hoover, Alabama at the Casual Pint at the Grove right now this weekend. All day Saturday afternoon, or most of the day Saturday, in fact, Goose Fest 2021 is going down in Hoover. Also going on this weekend in the Wiregrass, it's the Wiregrass Heritage Festival. That's in Dothan, and that's part of the National Peanut Festival Association putting on this event. Again, the Wiregrass Heritage Festival, and that stars a bunch of people, including Silk Young Jock, Chub Rock, DJ Trucker, and more. 
the Wiregrass Heritage Festival in Dothan, Alabama, going on this weekend. Moving on to the state of Arkansas. What's the natural state got in store for this beautiful weekend? That is a weekend maybe you you might want to go put a jacket out in the car or truck because it could get a little chilly depending on where you're going across the southeast. Depot, Depot Days Festival. That's in Newport, Arkansas. That's going on this weekend. In Bryant, Arkansas, this weekend, it's Fall Fest. In the state of Georgia this weekend, some fun activities going on in the Peach State. And those fun activities, if you can get out there with your jacket in tow, go and check out in Decatur. It's the Atlanta New Earth Festival at Chick-fil-A Decatur. That's going on this weekend. And how about in Clayton, Georgia? Way in the northeast corner of the state at the Raven County Civic Center, it's the Painted Fern Festival of Art. And that's going on this weekend again in northeast Georgia. Lovely little spot there. Been there, love the food, love the area, and it's right there in a beautiful time of year. I bet you some of the leaves are actually probably already falling there in that part of Georgia, Clayton, Georgia. In the bluegrass of Kentucky this weekend, you can go to Bardstown. It's the Kentucky Food, Food, Kentucky Fun Food and Festival at the Mattingly Tours and Travel. That's going on this weekend. And also want to let you know in Frankfurt, it's the Kentucky River Jam and Music Fest going on in the state capital of the Bluegrass State. Now, Louisiana's had some problems with Mother Nature of late, and you might want to double check if you're planning on going to any of these places. But we'll go ahead and tell you, you can double check for yourself. In Northeast Louisiana right now this weekend, scheduled Saturday in Monroe at the Louisiana Purchase Gardens One Fest, Louisiana. That's set to happen this weekend. How about in Dubach, Louisiana at Fellowship Baptist Church this weekend? It's the Louisiana Chicken Festival. <laughs> now, i got to throw this one out there, too. This one's scheduled in New Iberia this weekend, and it's on Sunday. The Louisiana Sugar Cane Festival is going on this weekend sounds delicious good sugarcane is hard to come by these days don't you think how about in the magnolia state of mississippi this weekend in new albany it's tallahatchie river fest at park along the river right there in union county that ought to be a good time also going on throughout the weekend in beaumont mississippi at fulmer's general store it's the mississippi pecan festival for all you mississippians And again, this is going on in Beaumont, Mississippi. Now, I don't normally like to get stumped on our geography and where places are. I had not heard of Beaumont, Mississippi, so I had to go look it up. And Beaumont is southeast of Hattiesburg. Basically, it's on Highway 98 near New Augusta is where you'll find this location of Mississippi. Hattiesburg in the south part of the state. This weekend at Fulmer's General Store, it's the Mississippi Pecan Festival, and it's going on right now. How about in the state of South Carolina this weekend, if you want to get to the Palmetto State and enjoy some fun things? In Flower Town, Somerville, it's the 8th Annual Somerville Italian Feast that's taking place this weekend. In Seneca, right across the lake from Clemson, at the Seneca Presbyterian Church this weekend, it's Fall Festival. Should be plenty of fun there in the upstate of South Carolina. In the Volunteer State, scanning the three sections of the state this weekend, you've got in War Trace, the Old Time Harvest Days taking place. 
in Oak Ridge. It's the Secret City Festival that's going down this weekend. And in Covington this weekend in West Tennessee at the Covington-Tipton County Chamber of Commerce Heritage Festival, again, in Covington, Tennessee. And lastly, we take you to the Commonwealth of Virginia and going on in that state this weekend, you've got Boardwalk Weekend at Virginia Beach and in New Market. It's the New Market Fall Festival, and that's taking place Saturday. That's a quick look at some of the great festivals across the southeast here as we have fall, and it ought to be a whole bunch of fun for all y'all. We're going to wrap up the Y'all Show from Dixie with Love is up next. Thank you for listening to the show that truly is the South Show. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language. Anytime. Right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel. More ways to explore. More ways to learn. Text Babbel to 64000 to start learning a new language today. Text Babbel to 64000. B-A-B-B-E-L to 64000. Well, we have come to the end of the fun for another week of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Hope y'all have a wonderful weekend planned out. Ought to be a great chance to maybe do a few more honeydews. And that gives me a chance to remind you, you can tune in Saturday on y'all.com. We have Tricks of the Trade, John Allen and Jimmy Duke. They are right there. You can tune in and ask questions if you want to. And John Allen will be able to answer them if it's got anything to do with a home, at least, and home improvement. And that's at y'all.com. Tune in Saturday for that fun. Maybe you've got some honeydews. Maybe you've got plenty of cooking to do or just catching up with old friends. Maybe you've got a little football to watch. You can do it all this weekend. 
We'll be right back here come Monday for more of the show about the Southeast. Again, this is powered by y'all.com, the South's homepage. Go there and you can find the podcast edition of the Y'all Show. You also can find the podcast edition of this show available on the iHeart app, the TuneIn Radio app, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast. John Rawl, signing off for the week. We'll see you back here Monday for more of the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.